Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Name your amygdala. I find this intervention, or I guess you could say approach, for managing anxiety, I find it to be one of the most effective, if not the most effective. So for those of you who may not know what an amygdala is, here is a brief breakdown. Okay, so the amygdala, it's an almond-shaped structure that sits basically in the center of your brain. And there's actually two of them, but, but that's not important. Okay, so the name amygdala comes from the Greek word for almond. They named it that because it looks like an almond. So picture little almond sitting in the middle of your skull. The amygdala is involved with a lot of different cognitive functions. Most of the functions are centered around emotion. But it's definitely best known for its role as the threat detection and threat activation center. So it plays a huge role in the fight or flight response. What it does is it starts the brain processes that create both fear and anxiety. I always like to say that anxiety is a flavor of fear. And I believe one of the best ways to manage this flavor of fear, known as anxiety, is to name your amygdala. Here's why. By naming your amygdala, you can begin to have a more spacious relationship with your anxiety. Which, if you think about it, is always the goal. This is why people meditate. This is why people do cognitive behavioral therapy. Whatever the intervention is, the goal, in a way, is the same. The goal is to have a more spacious relationship with your thoughts and emotions. Naming your amygdala helps you to not over-identify with your anxious thoughts. And next level, not allow anxiety to make decisions for you. So if I were to be sitting in a room with you, and I just said something like, um, I'm anxious. Well, that's not accurate. I'm not anxious. I'm Nick. And at times, I experience the emotion of anxiety. Can you hear that? Can you hear the difference and the distance in that? And to go further, to create more distance, Not only am I not anxious, I can even say I don't experience the emotions of anxiety. Because the truth of the matter is that it's actually Andy who freaks out from time to time. And when he freaks out, he dumps a bunch of hormones into my body to make me feel some stuff. Stuff that can be described as the emotion of anxiety. Ah, Andy, my friend, my good friend, friend of years, friend of tears. Now, if you couldn't tell, Andy is the name of my amygdala. Bless his heart, Andy. So back to that stuff that one feels when they get anxious. For example, heart rate goes up. Maybe your chest gets tight. You begin to breathe faster, quicker, more shallow. Maybe you have a shortness of breath, dry mouth. Maybe you begin to sweat 
have trouble concentrating. Possibly you feel nauseous. Your muscles tense up, begin to shake. Those are just some of the main symptoms of anxiety. Back to Andy. Well, he really likes to make me sweat, shake, and constrict my chest. Those are his go-tos. And by the way, each of the physical symptoms I mentioned can all be explained. They are all adaptive reactions related to preparing for fight or flight. Or the things that happen in the body because you haven't run or fought. So before your child or you chooses a name for their amygdala, it's important to know how anxiety shows up in the body. If you familiarize yourself with the physical symptoms of your anxiety, you will then be able to identify when your amygdala is freaking out. If I didn't know Andy's go-to signature moves, well then, I might not know it's Andy, a.k.a. anxiety. When your child names their amygdala, they will immediately be able to have a healthier, more spacious relationship with their anxiety. And the benefits don't stop there. They can then have conversations with their amygdalas. And let me tell you, Andy and I, we have several conversations every single day. How that goes? I'll notice when my chest gets tight, heart rate goes up, start sweating a little bit, sweaty palms. Maybe I pit out a bit, get a little shaky. And I notice what's going on. And I know this is a telltale sign that Andy thinks we're in danger. And the operative term there is thinks. Amygdalas are great. They're better than great. They're literally lifesavers when we're actually in a life or death situation. However, the vast majority of time, for the vast majority of people, the amygdala thinks their lives are in danger when their lives are not in danger. It is a false alarm. I guess you could say it's usually burnt toast and not a house fire. Several times a day, I have to remind Andy, this is a false alarm. Okay, transitioning into some tips. When you or your child names their amygdala, don't name it after something you hate. I don't hate Andy. And you or your child shouldn't hate or even dislike their amygdala. Why is that? That little almond is the reason we're all here. It kept our ancestors alive and may have already or in the future save your life, save your child's life, when their life is actually in danger and time is of the essence. I know that Andy is quite a thoughtful guy, usually misguided but definitely thoughtful. I can prove it. Remember earlier when I was telling you that I sweat when I get anxious? This being the handiwork of Andy? But Andy's intent is kind and pure. That little nut, get it? A little nut? Okay, that, that little nut 
thinks I'm in danger. So he's up there, sort of a sentry, a lookout in between my ears. And something happens, so he thinks we're in danger. He then starts pushing buttons and pulling levers to make my body begin to sweat, to perspire. Why? Well, because Andy thinks I'm about to sprint or to fight. Andy, how thoughtful. You are cooling the system down because you think we're about to sprint away or to get into a brawl. That is so incredibly sweet of you, Andy. Now, it doesn't help when I'm giving a presentation. I'm just standing there pitting out in my shirt. But it's the thought that counts, right? So that example, me standing in front of people giving a presentation. Why does that freak Andy out? Well, think about it. I'm standing by myself in front of thousands of people. That's a joke. I'm standing in front of dozens of people. And these are people I don't know. It's important to note, our amygdalas have not evolved much in the last 100,000 years. So it's got sort of a hunter-gatherer lens that it uses to evaluate situations. So there's Andy, taking in the situation, looking at dozens of people we don't know who are facing us, most likely in a place that we've never been before. And I'm facing them, no one by my side, all alone up there. So Andy assesses the situation for a millisecond and decides we're about to die. Let's get out of here. Andy is of the belief that we need to get out of here immediately. Because this unknown tribe of people are about to kill us. So yeah, he's screaming, let's go. And in his defense, getting me to sprint away from dozens of unknown people would have been a great intervention, I don't know, maybe 50,000 years ago. But not so much today. And that little example points out that nowadays... It's usually not a threat, but a thought that activates our amygdalas. We are fancy human beings who can now just sit in safe indoor spaces and think about future uncomfortable situations that may or may not occur. Unfortunately, our amygdalas respond to these thoughts in the same way that they would an actual physical threat that has entered our physical environment. Another little piece of advice. Don't ignore your amygdala. It doesn't go well. Personally, if I don't pay attention to Andy when he's doing his thing, he'll eventually kick the door in and be certain that I take notice. Guess you could say, pay him no mind. You'll be in a bind. When it comes to your amygdala, don't neglect, or your amygdala will make you genuflect. What other cheesy versions of this could I share? When it comes to the amygdala, if you bypass, he'll put you on your tuchus. He'll put you on your tuchus. Now, here's a crucial thing to remember about your amygdala. You don't have to believe it. 
But you do have to appease it. Definition time. Appease. Verb. To bring to a state of peace, quiet, ease, calm, or contentment. Pacify. Soothe. And this is what we want to do with our amygdalas. Here's an example to make the point. Think of your amygdala as a toddler. A toddler that comes out of their room freaking out in the middle of the night because they believe there is a monster under the bed. Now imagine that. How would you handle that? For most of you, how did you handle that? Well, what I don't think you would say to that toddler is, Ah, you're such an idiot. There's no such thing as monsters. And there's no way, if they actually existed, that they would have gotten by our ADT security system. So leave me alone. Go to bed. I don't think you'd say that. And I don't imagine you would say, Hey, you know what? Just ignore the monster. If you ignore it, most likely it won't eat you. Give a little forehead kiss. Good night, sweetheart. No. What you would do, or what you most likely did, with that little toddler, was you went into the room and you looked under the bed. Or the two of you looked under the bed together. And this is what we can do with our amygdalas. We should not be calling them stupid. And definitely not ignoring the alerts. In my own life, when Andy rings the alarm, here's usually how that goes. So first, I notice the sensations in my body. Notice my chest is getting tight, getting a little sweaty, handshake. When I notice this, I'll catch Andy with my breath. Meaning, when I notice all these things, I take a deep breath. The quickest and easiest way to calm Andy down is by taking a deep breath. Filling the areas that he is activated and agitated. Filling those areas up with oxygen. So once I've caught Andy with a deep breath, well, I keep breathing deeply, but then I go on to say something like this to Andy. Whoa, all right, okay, I hear you. I can definitely feel you, Andy. Thank you for the alert. You obviously think I'm in danger. So let's take a minute now to see if we're really in danger or if this is a uh, false alarm. Okay. So let's go through each of the five senses to be absolutely sure that we're okay, Andy. Start with sight. Is there anything we can see? Anything in our field of vision that is likely to physically hurt or kill us? Take a little bit of time to look around, look behind me, look out the window. Nope. Nothing we can see is a threat. Next, is there anything that we can hear? That is dangerous. Take a second here to listen. You can hear the, the fan of the air conditioner. You can also notice a uh, faint noise of the water feature in the other room. So nothing dangerous there. Next, can we smell anything dangerous? Do we smell something burning? Maybe the smell of gas? Nope. Smell all checks out. Okay, on to touch. Is what we're sitting on too hot? Is anything that we're touching too hot or very sharp? 
I'm feeling around. Nope. And finally, can we taste anything that would be dangerous? Maybe did we ingest something that was poisonous? Nope. Okay. There you have it, Andy. We went through each of the five senses to make sure that we're safe. And my man, the coast is clear. I do want to thank you for your concern. Thank you for the alert. But this is officially a false alarm. Thanks again, Andy. And there it is. That is how you or your child can appease your amygdala. Notice the sensations in the body. Feel them. Remember they're called feelings because we're supposed to feel them? Once you've felt them, breathe into the sensations. And then take inventory of your surroundings using the five senses. Once you've done this, announce the coast is clear or false alarm. Whatever post-scan mantra you want to use. And then you get to go on with your day. This works. I promise you. Give it a shot. Introduce it to your child. And to close, I want to share a story that a parent shared with me about their child naming and talking to, well, actually singing to their amygdala at the age of three while learning to ride a tricycle. So this parent shared with me that their daughter was initially scared when learning to ride the tricycle. So when she was riding around the house on the tricycle, learning how to ride it, she would sing to her amygdala, which she named Miggy. That's a great name, right? Miggy? All right. And here was the song she would sing to Miggy. Hey, ya amygdala, you're not the boss of me. Hey, ya amygdala, just you wait and see. Just you wait and see. All the things that I can be. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.